Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for March 20th, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined as always by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. On this week's show, we'll talk about the top news stories on the Diz, including new security concerns at Orlando International Airport. In our Send Bob to the Park segment, Bob Varley will tell us about his experience doing the Disney Family Magic Tour. John Magi will talk about how to get the most out of all the information you can find on the Diz. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and listener emails on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now before we start this week, we do need to make a correction about something we reported on in our last show. We said that the Disney dining experience was available to anyone and that was incorrect. It is only available to Florida residents and those with annual passes. So we apologize for any confusion that that might have uh, that that might have caused. So, with that out of the way, we're going to move on to. Oh, Kevin has. Something. I have a correction also. Oh, okay. I told people you didn't ha- couldn't make a priority seating or an advanced dining reservation for the Plaza Restaurant. You can. Oh. You don't have to, but you can. You can. Okay. Any other corrections? <laughs> else we messed I, up last no, week. No, 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 I, I got everything straight on the donkey poop. Okay, so we're good. Okay. We're all good. We're all good then. Then now we will move on to the news. And our f- number three story this week, SeaWorld announced that Taima, one of its killer whales, gave birth to a six-foot-long, 350-pound baby last week following a one-hour labor. Taima is mother to two other killer whales at SeaWorld and was born at the park's breeding facility herself during a thunderstorm in 1989, which is where she gets her name. Taima is Icelandic for Crash of Thunder. The sex of the newborn calf has yet to be determined, and I wonder who has that job. Uh, the addition of the new killer whale brings the pod total to nine at the park, and it is the 15th killer whale to be born at SeaWorld of Orlando. So, cool. We were cool. actually there when they did the, uh, the first one was had been done. The first baby had been born. Oh, really? And they had black drape all around. They had closed down Shamu Stadium. The mother had given birth. This was the first time a killer whale had ever... Um, been born in captivity. Wow. And they had video of it playing all through the park, and I can't remember her name. Her name is Amy something, but she had a song at the time called Baby Baby. Oh, Amy Grant. Amy Grant. And every place you went in the park, they had this video of this baby (laughs) whale being born, and Amy Grant singing Baby Baby. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Tyma. Our number two story this week, a reporter from the Orange County Register in California decided to put Disney's new Well-Balanced Foods initiative to the test. Disney recently launched the campaign at all their U.S. theme parks to add healthier alternatives of foods to its restaurants and its fast food locations. To assist them, the reporter brought along a registered dietitian to review review and test the foods being offered. The results were mixed. While they were impressed with the availability of healthier alternatives, including fresh fruit and trail mix at vending carts and low-fat and vegetarian selections at the restaurants, they found that Mickey's Toontown, popular with younger children, had more items that were high in fat, calories, and sodium, like pizza and mini hot dogs. Now, a similar report had been done at Walt Disney World by Bloomberg News last fall, where they reported that the Magic Kingdom was serving food with higher fat, salt, and calories than McDonald's was offering, one reason being that they had larger portions. As an example, Bloomberg used the ever-popular turkey legs, which is one of my favorite things to eat in the parks, my of course, too. saying that the popular snack contains nearly 1,100 calories and close to a full day's worth of fat content. Wow. 
Our producer, Regina Henricks, forwarded me this comment, quote, as a perennial visitor with kids, I remember that, the, that, I remember that first hallelujah moment when we spotted the fresh fruit, fruit cart at Disney MGM Studios. My kids always loved fruit, but finding it within the Disney theme parks was like trying to find Bugs Bunny in Fantasyland. It just didn't happen. Now they have fresh fruit and raw vegetables are a side item on most of the kids' meals as well. And as far as the Bloomberg study that they mentioned in the article, one criticism was the size of the portion. Again, being a frequent visitor, I noticed on this last trip that they've cut down on the size of the uh, serving substantially. Too bad they didn't decrease the price as well, she writes. So, I have a problem with the Toontown part of it. I don't remember a lot of food choices at Toontown. So it's probably, they have like two or three little cots or something. I don't. There's no real food at Toontown, so I think it, the the reporter's a little slighted myself. Well, I guess, in, I'm I guess, sorry, go ahead. I guess the the um, comment there is that there's no alternatives in Toontown. But there's, there's no fresh the, fruit. There's nothing. Yeah. There's only the junk. However, it's being served. The turkey leg thing. We sat next to four people on a bench the other day, and they all had a turkey leg. And it was just kind of repulsive to it's, sit there. It's the most barbaric looking thing, you know. <laughs> it was just, oh, it, and they were so good. Though. Uh, they oh, were they grease are. up to their elbow. It was just. <laughs> I thought I, I was eating healthy. I kept yeah, thinking, well, you think right? Turkey's good for you, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's all dark meat. Those that those are all oh, those, those are all legs. It's yeah. it's all dark you guys meat. Guys are killing my. And it's my, really ostrich. That's why it's the emu. 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 <laughs> that was emu. the. Somebody had said that on the boards once uh, years ago, and some people really thought, it, like, for real. Like oh, it that's was, one of know, those perennial things. And that and Walt Disney's buried under the castle yeah. in a cryogenic tube. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's emu uh, farms out there. Well, let's hope they're not Turkey serving farms. them at Disney, though. Yeah. And in our top story this week, the Associated Press is reporting that Orlando International Airport is redoubling its security efforts after four people were arrested for allegedly smuggling drugs and guns aboard a passenger flight bound for Puerto Rico. Two men are alleged to have used their uniforms and ID cards to bypass airport security and to enter restricted areas where they were able to load handguns and an assault rifle onto a plane. In response, more than 160 security officers, aviation inspectors, and federal air marshals were dispatched to airports in Orlando, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, and San Juan, Puerto Rico, to review security procedures. Also, the airport stated that it would be instituting a physical screening of all its employees from this point forward, making it only the second airport in the U.S. to do so. The other airport is Miami, which instituted that policy in 1999 after it experienced a similar issue. Other airports rely on background checks and random physical searches, which kind of scares me. It, yeah. OIA executives said they will divert money from other planned projects if necessary to ensure that everyone has confidence in their security measures. That's more necessary now than ever after a teenage aviation enthusiast a few weeks ago found documents in OIA dumpsters that showed not only the complete layout of the airport, but also details of its fuel storage facilities, communication systems, and power lines. The documents were marked secret and sensitive. <laughs> it's called the Shredder, guys. <laughs> Invest in one. When confronted with the documents by an Orlando Sentinel reporter, Robert Raphael, the airport's top security official, said it was being investigated. He said, quote, as a general security practice, these are not the kind of documents that should end up in a dumpster, you think? He also said that the documents were widely distributed to a number of airport managers and staff and are not part of the airport's ultra-sensitive security plan. 
I don't. I and if wouldn't. you're going to throw them away, don't mark them secret and sensitive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't look at me. Security <laughs> officials. Security officials are now instructed to conduct random inspection of all OIA, uh, Orlando International Airport dumpsters. But I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. That's I just, can't get lip balm on the plane. <laughs> just you know, say. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to go through the same thing we go through. But yeah. it's it's just the the fact that there's only two airports in the United States right now that are screening. Um, that that are checking employees coming in and going out of the airport. Yeah. Why aren't they subject to the same things we are? They should be. And they, they, absolutely. And you know, these are the kind of loopholes, these wide open loopholes that we only usually find out about when something bad happens. And I'll tell you, if something bad happens at OIA after a report like this, they should all be brought out into the tarmac and shot. <laughs> So I mean, it's we'll it, let that's you know just, when that happens. I mean, that's just uh, it's just, just absurd. Guns. This I mean, is just absurd. This is absurd. Who in their right mind that works at an airport? I don't care if you're a secretary. If you're working at an airport in the United States and you don't know that there's a heightened security issue surrounding airports, and you're throwing away stuff like that, you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. I, I just can't imagine it. And then you know, I just I, well, you know, I'm a little. I'm a little peeved with OIA right now. I just got back literally like yeah. minutes ago from picking my niece up after her flight was delayed for I don't know how long. And it took, uh, I mean, to get, the, to get the bags off the plane. I'm thinking maybe it was because they were, you know, checking everything now. Because it took forever for these bags to come off the plane. I'm not kidding. I mean, from the time she landed, it was at least an hour before bags started coming off the plane. It was crazy. Hmm. So... I don't think they check them on the way out. They should do some. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they should be checking the lunch boxes of all these employees. Hey, Dave, what you got in the box? Milk, uh, cookies, got- AK-47. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, a couple yeah. of handguns. C4. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is everyone who's been to the airport says the same thing. How can anyone get through with this much weaponry? Kevin got strip searched for having a Diet Coke. Yeah, I had a can of Diet Coke coming back from Las Vegas, and I forgot. I put a can of Diet Coke in there instead of throwing it away, and the the bells went off and the lights started flashing. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, and that's great. You know what? I'm 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 really cool with whatever they feel they need to do. I you will never hear me give a security guy at an airport a hard time. You want to go through my stuff? Take your time. Take all the time you need. Whatever it is to make sure the planes are safe, but to not do it to their own employees, the people who have constant access to this stuff, is just insane. And the lady who screened us, she said to me, it, it showed up on the little radar screen that they have. She says to me, do you have a bottle of vitamins or a can of bullets in your bag? And I thought, because <laughs> that would be the only two choices. <laughs> Those are my choices, vitamins or bullets? Do you have a imagine, bullets? imagine the person that's standing behind you that hears that question. It was me. To you. Oh, I moved to another line. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. John always has that. John has that guilty look about him, apparently, because they invariably tell him he has to you know, strip down to his side. <laughs> However, this time it was me with my can of vitamins or bullets. Do they play any music when he's stripping? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is I get all the carry-on bags and I go, just go through, just go through. And then they get to him and it's like, so could you take off your belt, take off your glasses, take off your shoes, take off your hat? And you really didn't even wear one. So It was Coke, Diet Coke, I swear. It wasn't bullets or vitamins. Oh, too much. Well, that's going to do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to go ahead and move on to our rapid-fire segment, and this week we will start with Bob. Okay. Uh, My rapid-fire is the little one's travel time. 
is going to be featured again this year over at MGM, August 26th to October 28th uh, at Disney's Playhouse. Um, there's going to be a concert series with the Doodlebugs, Johnny and the Sprites, uh, Dan Zans, and the Mickey's Magic Show, and there's some other acts also involved. What exactly is travel time, kids' travel time? Little ones' travel time? Mm-hmm. It's, they're focusing on that time period for the little kids that aren't in school, which makes sense to me. You know, all oh. the kids are in school, so they're doing, they're doing things to get them. Enticing people to travel yeah. with their littler ones who might not have to go I think to school. A, I think it's a great idea. Oh, okay. Time of year to travel. I mean, I, I, this is rapid fire, but there's other topics. I mean, they have a, a map for each theme park to what attractions will fit in with the little ones and what to go to. There's and the people that are going to be at that concert are like rock stars to toddlers. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they, uh, they just love them. They're like rock stars. Did you say the doodle bops? Doodle I said doodle bugs. Doodle bugs, I'm sorry. Yeah, doodle bugs. I bugs, brother. don't have a toddler, so I forget. But yeah, they're really popular. Cool. So there's other stuff I'm going to be looking into for a future uh, report okay. on just the little little kids. So that's fine. All right. And I have uh, the Star Wars uh, weekend celebrity schedule was released. And uh, for June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Warwick Davis, who played Wicket the Ewok, and Kenny Baker, who is, of course, R2-D2. Uh, June 8th, 9th, and 10th, uh, Ray Park, who played Darth Maul. I was just watching him last night. And Daniel Logan, who played uh, Boba Fett in Episode 2. June 15th, 16th, and 17th, it's Jeremy Bullock, who was the original Boba Fett, and Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca in all the movies. And June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, Anthony Daniels, who played C-3PO. And uh, Bonnie Plessy, who played Beru Lars. I'll give you a dollar if you tell me who that is in the movie. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I read that too and went, huh? <laughs> I have absolutely no Well, then again, I'm not a big Star Wars. I mean, I, I was a big fan of the first three. I didn't really pay attention to the second three. So I'm assuming that uh, Beru Lars was somebody from the, the, the current films. Not the- I've watched them all. I don't know who she is. I just like HBO's doing uh, playing episodes one through six like back to back constantly right now. Saw that. It's pretty cool. John, what do you have? I have some uh, news of things that are going on around Central Florida. Just so you folks don't think that it's all about the theme parks. Um, real quick, uh, Harry P. Lou Gardens presents their annual spring plant sale and show in Saturday and Sunday, March twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Uh, excellent if you are a flower buff or a garden buff. Or if you just if you want to see something out of the ordinary that is absolutely extraordinary. Harry Lou Gardens are just, it's just beautiful. You have, uh, to people who don't know, that's Harry is his first name and Lou is his last name. I, I always get, it sounds like one name to me. Right, Harry Lou. right, yeah, it's uh, L-E-W. It's, right. They call him Lou, the, the, the name of it is, locally is, or, or is called Lou Gardens. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. If you're looking to get away from the madness of a theme park, this is just tranquility in the center of Orlando. Yeah, I was just there last week for a wedding, actually. It's a beautiful place. I have another one, and I don't usually do this. I usually summarize them. I have to read this one to you word for word. It's short and sweet, but I I think you'll all appreciate it. This is from icflorida.com, which is Eyewitness News, WFTV.com's website. Cowtown Festival. Uh Oh, Oh, no. Spelt with a K. Oh. I'm going to bring this a little bit closer. Strap your saddlebags to your lawn chairs and come to the Toho Square 
at the center of Pleasure Street and Darling Avenue in historic downtown Kissimmee, Saturday, March 24th, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the Cowtown Festival. Spelt with a K. Bring the family and round up some delicious vittles, arts and crafts while enjoying live entertainment from Shirley Wild Hyde, Fancy Feet Cloggers, Jack Calhoun, and Nashville recording artist Kenya Locktree. Okay, I'm so scared. (laughs) There's more. Explore the Festival of Kissimmee as you step back in time with historical exhibitors and walking tours of downtown. Sit around a cow camp and listen to the tall tales of authentic cowboys. You don't want to miss local celebrities getting down and dirty during the cow pie eating contest. Oh, my gosh. A must-see festival is the cow chip bingo. Oh, my. You won't won't believe what this is about. (laughs) This is integrated into a show about animal poop. I I was just going to say, when did this become this unplugged poop edition? (laughs) Don't search these out. This is what's going on around Orlando. I'd never have brought that to the table. You have to book 10 days. Seven uh, for the theme parks and three for this. It's very important for everyone to remember that, you know, while while Orlando is is, is a fairly metropolitan area and we have a lot of great theme parks, you are still in the South, and and especially those of you coming from you know my my home state of New Jersey and New York, it's still the South. And I gotta tell you, sometimes it's painfully Southern. It's uh, Kissimmee. Up until just a couple of years ago, was had the nickname was Cowtown, and you could find boots, buckles, and pickup trucks everywhere you went. So I mean, it's, it's Kissimmee is home to one of the largest. Uh, rodeos in the world. I Silver did know Spurs that. Arena. The Silver Spurs Arena. And it's yeah. literally down the street from us. And once a year, for I don't know how many days it is. The PBR is there, right? I don't know what that is. The professional bull riders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she when, says that like we should know. Yeah. When I was in high school, PBR meant Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> no, I love, you're I'm asking, a huge fan. You're asking the wrong one. <laughs> and a couple days a year, all you see in Kissimmee is cowboy hats and cowboy boots and buckles. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. this is big. The, the banks close. Yep. We have Thanks. Rodeo Day in Kissimmee and St. Cloud. And the gay people leave. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought it was bad when I talked about pig poop in a helicopter. So I thought those. Okay, it's still that still doesn't beat the donkey poop lottery you guys got going on at Clamrock. <laughs> <laughs> so, but with that, all right, I, mine has nothing to do with animals. <laughs> okay, Go excellent. Ahead. If you're going to be anywhere near Austin, Texas, this coming Wednesday, the tw- or the sorry, the 21st through the 23rd, the Airport Hilton in Austin, Texas, is going to have the American Creativity Association. This is only interesting to this podcast because the main speaker is going to be Disney legend Marty Sklar. Mm. And just last uh, fall, we all got to go to the Earmarked Convention here in Walt Disney World, and Marty Sklar was the closing speaker. And I got to tell you, I thought I was just the only Disney geek. However, you can go around the table. This man brought goosebumps. Yeah. yeah, He's been around since the late 50s. He worked closely with Walt Disney. And if you ever have a chance to hear somebody talk and you're a Disney fan, this is the guy you want to hear talk. Yeah, we had about a half an hour or so with him. And we, I would have sat there for four or five hours. Oh, yeah. Actually, he spoke for about a half an hour and then said he was going to leave. And yeah. this conference room with, I'm going to guess, 1,500 people in it went Carnival ape crazy. <laughs> yeah. This man just had nice his save. day. He brought <laughs> an animal. He just, he just brought that an was, animal. That was really it. fast editing. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I just want to let you know that that's going to happen. And Marty had a couple of things that he told us. He's going to be uh, talking about Imagineering and the way they design theme parks. And when we were there, Marty talked about, I realize this is supposed to be rapid, I'm sorry. He talked about the 10 commandments of designing a theme park, and I thought you might be interested to hear them. Love to. Number 10, or number one, is know your audience. That means don't bore people, don't talk down to them, and don't lose them. Find out who your audience is and play to them. Uh, wear your guests' shoes. And that's not a literal thing. What that means is, it's what Walt said. Go out and ride the attraction. Go out and stand in the line. Go out and taste the food. And if you think it's okay, then we can let the guests do it. The other thing is, organize the flow of people's ideas. And what that means is, make sure everything is pointing the way. Use good storytelling techniques. Make sure you're telling stories and not lectures. You want people to, be, to remain interested. Number four, this one caused a laugh in the whole room is create a weenie and that was smarty sklar's word and what that means is create a visual magnet in the magic kingdom as you walk down main street the visual magnet is the castle at the end of the street it draws you into the park there has to be something for you to focus on that makes you want to see more number five communicate with visual literacy and what that means is make good use of all nonverbal ways of communication, color, shape, form, texture, smell, everything. Mm. If you've ever walked into the main street, or I'm sorry, town square under the train station, the first thing you smell is that popcorn smell. Yeah. Draws you right in. Number six was avoid overload. Create turn-ons. And what that is is, again, give them something to look at. Number seven, tell one story at a time. Disney's all about the storytelling. Number eight, avoid contradictions. Maintain your identity. Number nine, an ounce of treatment is a ton of treat. Put the details in your show. Mm. And number 10, and I think every Disney fan will tell you that this is part of the charm. Keep it up. Maintain what you have. Make it look good. Make it fresh. Make it new for everybody. If you ever get a chance to listen to Marty Sklar talk, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I think absolutely. maybe I think maybe some of the Orlando uh, uh, people working at uh, the Orlando theme parks here should uh, maybe take a trip out there and listen to them. They could they could stand to they could stand to put a few of those things back into the parks. But that's great. Anytime you get a chance, it's a treat. Thanks, Kevin. Corey. Um, Disney's Pirate and Princess Party is returning in August, so if you, if you didn't have a chance to see it this pa- these past few months, um, it's coming back August 11th, 15th, 18th, 21st, 24th, 28th, 31st, and September 3rd. Um, tickets go on sale June 1st. Great. Well, the Disney Cruise Line is going to be enhancing their stage show and sail away party. Um, one of the most popular long-running shows on both the Disney Magic and the Disney Wonder, Disney Dreams, will display new dazzle as Disney Dreams and Enchanted Classic. They'll have elaborately enhanced special effects, animation, and new scenic elements. And also, they'll be bringing in two of Disney's most beloved characters, um, Timon and Pumbaa, mm-hmm. from The Lion King. This will be their first appear- appearance on the Disney Cruise Line ship. Um, the debut of the show will be March 21st of this year for the Disney Wonder, and then the show will be unveiled on the Magic um, when they start their Mediterranean cruises in May. The Disney Dreams, an enchanted classic, tells the story of a young girl who learns about the power of dreams. New laser effects will allow Tinkerbell to sprinkle the theater with sparkling pixie dust trails, and fresh animated video footage will bring the show new life. Um, during a classic scene from Beauty and the Beast, snow will literally fall onto the audience. And then they'll also use special pyrotechnic effects to turn Cinderella's rags into her ball gown. 
Um, also, I said they would be expanding the Sail Away Party. What they're going to do is feature new music, interactive dancing, and appearances by the world-famous Disney characters, of course. But they'll be on the upper decks as well as the lower decks. And then they'll also probably be showing some of the guests dancing on the huge Jumbotron. Uh, so that'll be cool. Unless it's me. That <laughs> <laughs> no, wouldn't be cool then. Yeah, I can picture you dancing with the characters. Yeah. <laughs> they need to bring the steel drums back to the Disney ships. The, the band, the, the steel played, drum yeah, band. Yeah, they've taken them away, and that's part of the charm. You're it really is to yeah. the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Well, that'll do it for roundtable rapid fire. Thanks, everyone. And we're going to move on to uh, Mr. Varley in our send Bob to the park segment. We asked Bob, or actually one of our listeners had asked Bob to go check out the Disney Family Magic Tour, and he is here with a report on that for us. So, what do you have for us, Bob? Well, I, I took the tour last week, and um, the Disney Family Magic Tour is a daily. It happens every day at 10 a.m., and you can sign up. I signed up, actually, the day before in the afternoon, and there was still space available. I, I don't think it's something that fills up and sells out. I think uh, if people had walked up that day, they could have gone on uh, so check-in is 9.45 at the building right to the left of uh, City Hall. And I advise getting there at least by 9.45. And one of the things you want to take into consideration when you're doing that is it's the beginning of the day. The park has got everybody coming in. You need to allow extra time to get to the park and, and get in through the gate. You need admission to get into the park to do the tour. It's not a separate thing you, you pay your price and then you have to do the admission too mm-hmm. okay how much is the uh... the price is $25 plus tax and uh, but I managed to use a uh, Disney Visa discount and I got 20% off so that was $20 I, I paid $21 and change by using that is uh, it 25 for kids too yeah it's 25 for, for everybody everyone. so um, there's also a 15% discount for AAP annual pass holders or AAA members. And, you know, make sure you take advantage of that. That's a great savings. It's a, a two-hour tour is how they advertise it. And it's it's a scavenger hunt. And I'm going to kind of keep this kind of general and vague because I don't want to ruin the surprise. You don't want to give it away. Right. No. So... The things I talk about are going to be in general. I'm not going to give everything away. But I will say that I was you, – you go around the park, and you have a guide with you, and it's, it's like a, a treasure hunt, and you have to do certain things going around the park. And it, it's fun for kids. Now, how many, how many people did you have on your tour? We had about – well, we started with probably about 10 or 12, but we, we lost some, and I'll tell you why. This tour is set for someone that believes in pixie dust, make-believe, and that type of thing, okay? For someone that is into video games and Space Mountain and stuff like that, let them go on Space Mountain. So families with younger kids. Right. And, you know, the, the parents with the younger kids, the, the parents had you bring a camera with you so you can take pictures as they go around the different... Uh, spots and do their 
thing. And, I mean, it, they, they all had fun. I was with a family from Maryland that had a, a group. They were DVC members, and the whole group decided to, with the four, four girls, and uh, they decided to do the tour. And the parents were having fun watching the kids, and the kids were reading the, the clues on the map and everything. So it, it was a lot of fun for them. And I'll tell you, um, I will say one thing. Crawling through cosmic rays was something else. Why did you crawl through cosmic rays? That was something I had to do. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, that's where you would have lost me. Yeah. So, yeah. so if if your child doesn't want it, if they're not into crawling <laughs> or playing like they're aeroplanes flying through the park. So you got down on all fours and crawled through cosmic rays. Well, I kind of ducked down. I had my EBC vehicle. And <laughs> In other words, no. <laughs> right. In other words, no, I did not crawl, but all the kids were telling me to crawl, and all I could do, I can only do this. I can't do anything else. So we had to crawl through cosmic rays, and then right after that, we were outside and they do like a 10-minute bathroom break after that. And then we had to go fly like an airplane and make sounds like different animals. This is in the park. In the park. In front of other guests. In front of other guests, yeah. And now, were, was, you driving the, were you driving your, your, yeah, your, your it's car? It's tough to be an airplane and drive at the same time. But <laughs> he was a one-winged airplane. I was a one-winged airplane as much as I could. And... Uh, um, oh, Why did didn't I we not? send someone with a camera? I just said, how did I, how did I not send somebody with a video camera for this? Oh, so, uh, and then we were doing the airplane bit, uh, and they had just the dream, the Mickey's dreams uh, show had just let out. So, I mean, all those people were coming down towards Cosmic Rays, and it's like we're doing this airplane thing, and, and everyone's saying. What the heck are all these people? Doing? <laughs> it's like, and it's like what play the follow the leader, and uh, <laughs> so uh, Chris's family was from Maryland, and Katie did the tour. And uh, let me just tell you, at the very end, and I'm not going to tell you the character that was there, but when the little girl went up to the character and said, "Thank you for helping us save the Magic Kingdom." It was like everybody just melted, and it's like she just gave the character a big hug, hmm. and it was like, okay, that was cool. Did you see anything different? Did you get to see a, a part of the Magic Kingdom you haven't seen before or you know, from a different angle? Yeah, the rug in Cosmic Rays. <laughs> <laughs> they, and then they gave you these, these uh, things... You Bob, Bob brought visual aids for the radio tag. show. Yeah, so I, it's a really cute little name tag. Yeah, so I had to wear a name tag uh, all the way around the park, but they did take you past points to to see. Okay, that you wouldn't see on a regular basis, and um, let's. See. I'm sorry. Are you getting teary? No, <laughs> I, I just. I thought he was getting verklempt. I'm sorry, I had, a, I had a senior moment, but you know, but I can't say that you know we 
threw Dixie butt dust around the park and. Uh, <laughs> Did he say Dixie dust? <laughs> Dixie dust? I think he first said Dixie butt. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Dixie? Pixie dust. Dixie. <laughs> That's why all the people were looking at me funny. Okay. Dixie butt. Is that stuff you picked up while you were crawling around? <laughs> right. So, you know, all the kids, if you take them on the tour, their heads are going to explode. Okay, so just the little kids. In a good way or a bad way? Bad way. <laughs> I, we had one gr- one mother and uh, son who I'd, I'd classify like at 11 or 12 years old. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like something well, we're going to do. We went from City Hall and got up near Casey's. And about that time, they decided, you know, with all the noises and sounds and things, that this wasn't for them. And What would you say the age limit is for kids who would enjoy this? You know, I thought about that, and like I, I said... it depends on the kid, really. It depends on if they believe in t- pixie dust then and make-believe, then they're good for it. It sounds like you're going to have... Smaller kids. Smaller kids, and then adults who are big Disney right, that, fans. That, that, that get joy in seeing their children right. have a good time. The tweeners right. that age, do the yeah. VMK tours with them, do yeah, the yeah. Virtual Magic Kingdom stuff. They're going to have much more fun out of that. Yeah. I mean, like. I asked the, the parents, what did they think? You know, they had a good time. And, you know, they took pictures. If you have a video camera, that's a good thing to bring, too. It also sounds like it might be something good to do early in your trip to get the kid acclimated to the park. Yeah. To let the kid see the stuff. You know, and then go and go rides and stuff like that. I mean, that. I, I will say that uh, Chris made a comment. You know, I never knew this was here. A couple of times. Who's, Who's Chris? Chris? Chris was the father, <laughs> the father of the of the family, the DVC oh, members. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you didn't you didn't properly introduce Chris. So. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't get the credits. Like, oh, sorry. Redo the credits. But uh, Chris was the father of uh, one of the families, and I we got to talking, and, and you know. He, I listened as we went around the tour, and you could hear him say, "I never knew this was here." And it, you know, it, and they took us to some of the out of the way places and things, and it was cool. You know, it also gave me a, a different look on the Magic Kingdom and all the parks in general. That I'm going to be looking at what the littler kids can do and what what's good for them in the parks, and something that I, I've never touched on before. Yeah, I think that's one of the areas where you know I, I think the the roundtable in general suffers because none of us have kids, um, young kids. And Bob, Bob's kids are all older. And well, I got the grandchildren, and the last time they were down, that's that true. Was, that's right. You've got that was grandkids. A, that was a reality check, and it, it got me thinking. And with this tour, it, it got me thinking a, a whole lot more. And then with the that thing in September for the, um, I forget what I even said before, but the concert series for the for the little kids, the right. doodle bugs and that, there's a lot of things. I mean, there's like 23 attractions that the, these kids can get into that are good for them. And it also gives you a different perspective. Kids, I think, parents take their kids to the Magic Kingdom and they spend time in a stroller. And if I only know this from traveling with someone who's in a wheelchair. The view from that level is entirely different from the view for the is entirely different than the view you see standing up. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way for a kid to uh, see the Magic Kingdom through a different set of eyes and yeah, you know sort of approach it from their level. I also think a different pace too. Let's right. not run to get on a ride. Let's not right. fight the crowds to get Absolutely. here. Absolutely. You know with little kids, I, I was talking to a woman this week and she has a, a two year old and a five year old, and they were talking about Fourth of July. You you can't 
do anything with the two-year-old, five-year-old. You know, do your stuff. Take them back to the pool. And, you know, they'll remember that more than going around and looking at people's butts in the carriage all day. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. That's all you they know, got is that's feet all and they butts. Got. <laughs> feet and butts. Feet and butts. <laughs> <laughs> Show me something else. <laughs> Enough with the butts and the feet. Oh, are we done with this piece yet? <laughs> so that's send Bob to the park. Are you going to poke your eyes out? I really am. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, Bob, at any point during the tour, do you go on any of the attractions, or is it just a scavenger hunt around the public areas of the Magic Kingdom? It's around the public areas of the Magic Kingdom. At any point in the tour, did security approach you for taking this tour with our kids? No, but it was close when I was doing an airplane trying to... Run the cot at the same time and go moo. We have to understand, folks, for, for our audience, when, when Bob has both hands on the cart, he's still a danger. <laughs> um, yes. But with one hand on the cart, trying to make airplane noises and have his arm extended, that I really should have sent. And From now notes. on, I'm sending a videographer with you. But uh, that's great, Bob. I appreciate uh, the report. If you have any suggestions on things you would like us to do in our next Send Bob to the Parks segment, by all means, send us an email and let us know. Podcast at www.info.com or on our podcast main page, podcast.www.info.com. You can fill out the form there and uh, come up with some creative things to send, more creative things to send Bob to do. Bob, our embedded reporter. Our embedded reporter. Yeah. <laughs> embedded. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. All right, next up, uh, we're going to talk to John Magi. He's going to uh, answer one listener's uh, request about uh, how to get more from the Diz and all the information that we have there. So go ahead, John. What have you got? Cy Hill from Dallas, Oregon, wrote to us and um, very nice email and a couple of questions, but we wanted to focus on one in particular. I've been a member of the Diz boards for a little less than a year, and uh I don't think I have taken full advantage of the Diz and what it has to offer. Could you please give me and the listeners a rundown of how to fully utilize the Diz and all of the useful information located there? Um, I think this is a challenge we've had for a while. A lot of people think the Diz is just the boards, and it's not. It is chock full of information. I mean, anything and everything related to Disney, Orlando vacations, um, Anything you can think of. The best place to start is the homepage, www.info.com. The menus are uh, logical and in a way that you can follow through and get get to the information you need. However, one of the best features is the search feature. I used it today. Someone wrote to me and wanted to know about what their options were for doing things for a 10-year-old's birthday on the Disney Cruise Line. I typed in Disney Cruise Birthday, and I got three or four different pages on the site, all linked to great information about things this person can do. So the search function is excellent. The menus are excellent. I mean, the the menu navigations are excellent. Take some time to um, explore the other links as well. Um, We've done a really good job of adding links within content. Mm -hmm. So if you go and you go through and you find other links, follow those out, and that's going to give you more detailed information, more specific information about things to do at Disney. All the menus from all the restaurants at Disney are on our on the Diz. That is correct, which yeah. is really kind of helpful if you're planning a your advanced dining reservations. We're not just a flat website. A lot of websites just go out there and put up information. We take a a, a lot of uh, advantage of using databases. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for yeah. information. We yeah, with our park hours. Um, those those are the most one of the most important things are the park hours, the fireworks schedule, and the parade schedule. Right, and you, all this stuff is from the homepage. You can go out and find it very easily. Plus, we've given you tools that allow you to look at the information in different ways. You can look at the information in advance. Um, park hours that aren't out yet, we've taken some time and we've put in uh, stuff that was based on previous years. Right. So you can try to guess at what the park hours but, might be. But the actual hours are, we're out six months now. Mm-hmm. So we're into, September just got released. And that gives you a good idea of what's, what you can do and what's going to happen during those that time period. And it's it, like I said, it's a great tool. Yeah, I mean, uh, understand that we 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 have uh, we actually have people that are paid full time uh to do nothing but update that site with whatever's coming out with whatever new information is is uh is coming into us and and really it is a full-time job. But one of the most popular areas, if not the most popular area on the Diz is our our are our photo galleries. Yeah. Um and we have two areas to our photo galleries. We have the, the, the pictures that we, we take when we're out doing our stuff, and then we have our photo post, which is where you can put up your photos. Um, yeah. And uh, if you're registered on our discussion boards, then you're automatically registered at the same time with photo post. Your same login uh, works on, on photo post. And any of your pictures you can put up there as well. And we have a, a huge number of, of pictures yeah. up there. Well, not as many as we used to have before a database crash, but um, now it's starting yeah, to come back. Yeah, starting to come back. But well, uh, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm getting ready to do the the flower and garden uh, photo shoot, mm-hmm. and you I'll always be, do a great job, Bob. Yeah, I our enjoy flower those and garden photos. photos are awesome. <laughs> and I I spent three or four days in Epcot just getting the photos, and I have a lot of fun doing it. I mean. It, it, Every year it's different, and you know you you try to do something and and get some great pictures so people can enjoy it and see it and, and get ready for it. And not to be completely self-serving, but the general idea behind doing the reason I wanted to do the roundtable format for our podcast was basically this show is pretty much a weekly wrap up of everything we're putting on the site, um, all the new stuff that's coming out, all the things that you know that have gone up on the site. Because that's where we really come up with our layout every week. We go and take a look at what, what the new updates, the, From new, the new stories. Yeah. We go to that homepage and we see, uh, you know, that's, and that's kind of how I, I format what the show is going to be. So this show, if we're doing it right anyway, should be an encapsulation of everything you'll find on the Diz. Anything new, different, anything that's changed, anything we've added. Um, and like John said, you know, our search feature, our search feature is pretty robust. I've got to say it works pretty well. One of the things we're working on now, and I don't, I can't make any commitments as to when this is actually going to happen, but one of the things we're working on now is actually incorporating the search feature that we have on the Diz uh, and the search feature that we have on our discussion boards, so that when you search for something either place, all the documents that would relate to on either site would That'd come up. Cool, wow. um, But it's just getting getting search where it needs to be on the discussion boards as a. Which is coming, folks. It's coming. The server, the server arrived. We have to literally add another server specifically to handle search because everybody hates the search on the boards right now. So it's coming. You can also check out the site maps. We have four, our site maps are broken up into four pages: one for Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland in California, and um, Universal Studios. I mean, these site maps have every single link 
um, of every single page. Of, of every single yeah. page. Just so, and for site. those who don't know, a site map is pretty much just a textual uh, breakdown of how you will find the information, kind of like right. a flow chart. Yeah. Without pictures, without graphics, and you, you can you. you can find that link in the upper right, right by the right above the search feature, or all the way at the bottom of the page, and it's all the links are there. The yeah. other thing I have to toot our own horn: we're all local. Yeah. We have the opportunity to actually get into the parks on a daily basis. Yeah, we yeah. do. This is not just something, you know, we've read on the internet. We're out there and we actually can. in the parks and we're we're watching it happen. Going back to the menu, the Sorry. menus you talked about, um, we have an extensive menu section, which is terrific. It's also organized in such a way that you can look up by location, you can look up by restaurant. I use it all the time for that. Yeah. You got prices, you've got descriptions of the items, we have a searchable database, but we also have restaurant reviews so you can see what other people are saying about the restaurants. Yeah, not just mm-hmm. us. Right. Yeah. It's really, really helpful. I mean, if you're planning a trip, there's so much information on the site that'll help you really get the, the most out of it. And especially if you if you've come to the site, if you've come to the site uh, a number of times and you're used to our site on any kind of regular basis, Sometimes it's really easy to overlook some of the links that we have there. One of the things I try and tell people is, you know what, stop and really take a look. I know there's a lot of information sometimes coming at you. Depending, yeah, it can on, be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming, and but to stop and take a look and really take time to read, like especially the homepage. You can really, from our homepage, anything of you can find anything you need, whether it's from the search feature or the links we have at either the top or the bottom of the uh, of the page, the menu items or our featured items in the center. All site updates, all current news stories, all that stuff is always updated on our homepage, uh, www.info.com, each day. And one of the most important things that are on the page, on the homepage, discounts. Discounts, we are, Regina is on top of that all the time. And I can't say enough about the job she does about the discounts. No, Regina is unbelievable. And if you, if you want to find a discount or what the newest discounts are out there, watch that in the news area and the uh, the other special feature area down at the bottom. And Regina, yeah, Regina Henricks is really the lifeblood of our content. Mm-hmm. She makes sure that the content, she keeps track of what's outdated. Because that was a problem we had a few years back before we had Regina come on full-time and do that. We had a little trouble keeping it keeping it fresh it's but just, yeah, ever so since much. regina took over that 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 hasn't yeah. uh, that certainly hasn't been a problem yeah and also another important link is um is a planning link that's where you're going to find a lot of the miscellaneous information like um church locations atm atm uh, locations and it, what to do with kids di- i mean that these planning this planning page is, is just a whole list of all yeah. this information information you wouldn't even think to look for and but how it's to, there. how to get to like the churches and things like that. Yeah, I mean like all that. that stuff. I mean, just to mention, we don't see an Easter service being on Disney World, so you're going to have to go to the individual churches for an Easter service if you're looking for it during Easter. Yeah. So we hope that uh that gives you a, at least a, a little bit of guidance from our standpoint anyway about how to utilize uh, how to utilize the Diz, but we're going to take this opportunity now and segue into our listener emails. And uh, one of the emails we received recently, I think John has it, um, about where we like to eat when we go into the theme parks. I do. Melissa Cruz from Massachusetts. She didn't tell me what town she's from. Since you all live in the, in the Orlando area, you must be experts in Disney dining. I would love to know what your favorite restaurants on Disney property are. It would be great if each of you would share your favorite counter service, lower and table service, 
as well as finer dining establishments. And I'm going to throw a spin into that. I'd like us to go around the room. We could talk about our favorite sit-down restaurant, our favorite counter, and also what you think is the worst. My, I'm going to start so no one can steal mine. Favorite is Gico. Mm. Possibly the best food and the best service I've ever experienced on Disney property. Um, the best counter service, I believe, is Earl's Sandwich. Good. Downtown Disney. Downtown yeah. Disney. Yeah. Not that's, a, only, that's a great bargain. Not, you know, not only great food, um, terrific, terrific pricing. Um, for $2, you get a soup. They have tomato soup every day, and then throughout the week, they switch out their other soups. Their soups are always hot, always great. Sandwiches are always fresh. Um, absolutely terrific. Least favorite, I would have to say, um, the most recently we went to that noodle station in the Magic Kingdom, which was atrocious. I mean, it was just absolute garbage. So I would say stay away from that. Kevin? My favorite restaurant is probably Gico as well. Uh, however, every Christmas Eve... We have a tradition. We have dinner at Le Cellier, and we think that's just terrific. It's a nice little atmosphere. It's a tiny little restaurant tucked in a Canada pavilion at Epcot, and we think that's really great. I am a huge fan of the Benihana at the Disney Hilton, and with the Teppanyaki restaurant being closed for several months in Japan while it's rehabbed, this is a great alternative if you're looking for Japanese food or sushi. We were just having this discussion. It's fresh, and I find this, the service great. I find the, the portions plentiful. I think there's a bunch of bad dining at Disney. Oh, I, yeah. I think um, the noodle station that we ate at, I reviewed that at one time, and the food was terrific. We ate there just recently, and all of it went in the garbage. I wouldn't recommend anybody go there. Uh, but I also thought, the Coral Reef restaurant, which tends to be a favorite among certain people, that I thought it was absolutely atrocious. Mm. I think it's highly overpriced. I thought the service was horrendous. I thought the food was ridiculous. But it's all opinion. So I think I agree with John. The best counter service restaurant on Disney property is Earl of Sandwich. You really can't beat the value. You can get a Cobb salad there for six bucks, and it serves two people. Mm. Corey. Um... Well, definitely my favorite sit down is La Cellier. I just, I've always liked it. It's especially the uh, cheddar cheese soup, starting oh. off the meal with that, and then their their filet mm-hmm. is incredible. And their pretzel bread. Yeah. Now you know uh, La Cellier is also a seasonal menu too, so depending on the season you go, you can get different food. Mm-hmm. But they always have the cheddar. They cheese always soup. have the cheddar. Yeah, so I'll never take that. And they always have some really good steak too. Yep. Yeah. The as far as counter service, I like any of the counter service locations at the parks where you can make your own uh, sandwich, basically. You order the hamburger, and they have the whole fixins uh, area where you can pretty much load your sandwich with, you know, your lettuce, um, mushrooms, sautéed uh, uh, onions. I think they do onions yeah. and sauerkraut. Yeah, Cosmic Rays does that. You know, I'll make a sandwich at Mile High, and I like those. Yeah, Cosmic Rays, um, Pico Bills. Yeah. I mean, the Electric Umbrella in Epcot. Yep, yep. As far as least favorite, I... I can tell you recently I had a bad experience at uh, Wolfgang Puck at Downtown Disney. Not their, not their regular food, their sushi. I eat sushi. We eat sushi an average of twice a week. So we're, we're very big sushi uh, fans. And I was just completely unimpressed. Now, is this the Express Wolfgang Puck? No, 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 no. This, this is actually the – yeah, we sat actually in, in the sushi bar. 
and it, I was completely unimpressed for the prices you pay and the the selection they had. I, I said never again. I'll go to Benihana or um, Kimonos at the Swan and Dolphin if I want sushi on Disney property. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan of miso soup, and they had mushrooms in it instead of tofu, and it was they were just everywhere. It was like little nasty mushroom arms <laughs> in the soup. <laughs> you have to see the face that goes. <laughs> Um, I guess I'll start. Go ahead. <laughs> um, my favorite counter service would be Wolfgang Puck Express. Mm-hmm. Corey yeah. and I always eat there, either side, West Side or Downtown Disney. And um, my least, well, I won't do that yet. My favorite restaurant, oh my gosh, I had it in my head and now I don't remember. Oh, kimonos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love kimonos. We normally eat there when we stay at the Swan and Dolphin for uh, Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, and we'll we'll have some sushi there. So I like that. Um, least favorite? Oh, the San Angel Inn. Corey and I ate there. It's probably been a year ago now, but I I love Mexican food, and That's I expected atrocious. such it a different horrible. experience. And it was like they had gone to Publix and bought those mm-hmm. Jose Olay frozen dinners. And put it on my plate. We're so going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I had said that after my last uh, visit to uh, uh, to San Angelin was that I thought it was one step above frozen dinner. It really, it is, really is not. And Mexican food is not expensive. No, it's, no, it's not. Ridiculous pricing for yeah, Mexican right. food. Mm, so I don't have. I can't think of a least favorite counter service. So, Bob. That's my turn. Uh, my least favorite is Germany uh, beer garden. Now, a lot of people say they like it, but I think they like it after they have the beer. <laughs> because I have yet to have a good meal at Beer Garden. Because you got to have a couple of beers in you to have that pickled herring taste good. Yeah, something. <laughs> Listen to Edelweiss while you eat. Yeah. I mean, they do have the show and everybody drinks and mugs are clanking and everything, but... Doesn't get past what the food is, and I've never eaten a good meal in beer garden. Now the hot dog, I like getting at the fast food uh, on the outside stand. That's okay, but the other one is just not there. And Pecos Bills isn't one of my favorite places either. I like Brown Derby. You can always get a great meal there. You can do a nice lunch, or you know they have a great. Yeah, we Dinner talked there. about that just recently. It's yeah. a nice, elegant mm-hmm. spot. The other place that you can really get a, a nice meal is over at uh, Shula's Steakhouse. Yeah, I, as, willing, as long as you're willing to sell the yeah, kids. Yeah, it's pricey. Yeah, it's, it's not it, cheap. It's not cheap, but, you know, for for that special treat, I'll go to Shula's Steakhouse. And for that special treat in the evening, I'll go over to Beaches and Cream and get a, a, a prime rib sandwich and a... Uh, Ice cream sundae, hot fudge sundae. All right. Well, for me, absolutely, positively, my favorite place to eat on property, if I have to narrow it down to one, is Brown Derby. Um, For the reasons that were just stated, it's an elegant atmosphere, yet you don't feel uncomfortable being in there in sweaty theme park clothes. The service is just stunning. I mean, the service is phenomenal. Yeah. The quality of the food, the the, the 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 menu, everything. I just, I think it's a great, it's a great place to eat. How you're treated and everything, and you just feel like a, 
royalty or something. Another like. favorite of mine, just because the menu is a little bit different, is Spoodles over at the Boardwalk. I really enjoy Spoodles. I like Spoodles' old menu better, well, where they had more of a tapas menu kind of thing. They've changed it recently, and we yeah. weren't as thrilled with it. But I have to go back and give it another try. Yeah, I've always enjoyed Spoodles. I've always enjoyed any meal I've had there. I've had a very, very consistent experience there. I've never had a bad, a bad experience. So Spoodles is one of my favorite, along with La Cellier. Over in uh, in Epcot, I've got to mention La Cellier because I these are the places that I'm more likely to go and eat right. if I've got people in town and I want to I want to make sure we have a decent experience. This is usually where I'll stop to eat. As far as counter service is concerned, I'm I'm kind of torn because um, I agree with uh, the Earl's Sandwich at Downtown Disney, but where I'm more, more likely to go is to Wolfgang Puck Express. Mm-hmm. I love the food they have there. That rotisserie chicken, the, the rosemary, the rosemary the rose- potatoes. Yeah. The, We're talking know, about healthier options. The pumpkin soup. One of the nice things about Wolfgang Puck and Earl of Sandwich is that you can get healthier, healthier options, options there. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the burgers and fries and chicken fingers. Thing. Exactly. The best pizza on property, too. Oh, yeah. Some great pizza. I'm some hoping great, the pumpkin great. soup is healthy. But I also, I also really like the Flame Tree Barbecue over at Animal Kingdom. Um, I've always enjoyed. I know I'm probably one of the few people. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, I always thought. I, yeah. I always thought. I always felt felt that the barbecue over there was was really good, especially their pulled pork. I thought it was really really good. Um, very tasty. Um, least favorite. Absolutely, without a doubt, my least favorite restaurant on Disney property is uh, the restaurant in China. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you want to talk about the most vile, vile food you could possibly put in your mouth is what is the swill they serve at that, at that nonsensical restaurant, you will get much better... You will get much better Chinese food down the street from your house for a fraction of the price you're going to pay. Going there, the service is awful. I mean, if I, I'm imagining that's what service is like probably in communist China. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the service is just horrendous. I mean, they have the, the servers have no mentionable personality. They just kind of throw the food down there, and what they're throwing in front of you just isn't good. Now, there are people I know who like that restaurant. Really and truly, compare it to your local Chinese restaurant. Go before you go, have dinner at a local Chinese restaurant. Take a look at what you pay, and pay attention to the food you're getting, and then go and eat there, and pay attention to what you're paying and the, and if you still think that that's a good experience uh, okay. there is something to be said for the fact that people who don't live here and who don't eat at disney as often as we do everything tastes better on disney property i don't know when i was when i was just vacationing here before i moved here and i ate at china this was 10 years ago 12 years ago i was like Ugh. take take the mickey bars Go go to your local Publix or supermarket and get a Dove bar. Get a box of Dove bars. <laughs> but you talk about those Mickey bars and people lose their minds. Yeah, they're shaped because like Mickey. You know? The other thing <laughs> that <laughs> makes no sense to me is the people who are hysterical over something called school bread in Norway. I was so excited. I had to go try school bread. It's a great big cream-filled donut. Okay, well, you see, now we're, we're, we're going to talk about Norway. See, one of the things that <laughs> oh, I will no. smear all over my body is Lefsa. The Lefsa bread, where it's a, it's oh, a flat, that, that, that it's tortilla a flat bread. with cream cheese in it. Well, not cream cheese. It's butter and and sugared cinnamon. You got Roll. me to try that one time, and I kept saying, "Do do they have chocolate sauce to dip it in?" <laughs> it was no. I just I think Lefsa is great, but also you know we talk about counter service. I mean, it's not truly counter service, but in a way it is. 
food and wine festival. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the best yeah. counter service you'll ever find at Disney. Is, I, have, I have a countdown. <laughs> food and wine festival. That's that's something that, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us here miss every year. That's one It's one thing guaranteed we're going to go do. That it's just, it's, such a, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I had a problem with food and wine festival last year. I spent $40 at the American booth and had less than a couple of bites of food. I find the food and wine festival to be coming ridiculously overpriced. That's a shame because America's my least favorite. Yeah. Well, it, it was, <laughs> Besides the Sam Adams. <laughs> it's just, it's becoming to the, it's getting to the point where when this first started, you paid a couple of bucks for a tidbit. I mean, stuff last year was seven and eight dollars. Where yeah. were you eating? Because yeah. I didn't pay seven or eight dollars. Like, it was like the barbecue ribs at, uh, they had the little Pavilion. lobster roll at the American lobster Pavilion. Roll. Was nine dollars? Yeah, we don't yeah, eat I, there. I passed. Yeah, we yeah. Passed yeah. we live I in America. We passed that one. Up. See, I, I don't. I don't know. When I when whenever I do food and wine, you know, there are always some some spots where I'm like, okay, the, this wasn't so great. But there's invariably, you know, the majority of the of the food that I'll eat, I'm like, wow, this is really yeah. good. And, and I'm getting a chance to taste it. And I'm getting a chance to taste it without having to buy, like, go into a restaurant and sit down and buy an yeah. entire meal. Because there's you, a lot of things that there's a lot of things there that I would never try if I was sitting in a restaurant. But if I'm only going to pay three or four bucks for it, I'll give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. For those who don't know, food and wine takes place in the fall at Epcot. Right. The other thing is, you just mentioned something that I think is an embarrassment. The American restaurant at Epcot is chicken fingers and bad hamburgers. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I think that's it's, it's a such fast a, food joint. It's, it's the a, same exact food you get at like uh, you know. Cosmic Rays. Cosmic Rays. Yeah. And that's what they, you know, every every uh, country as you go around the world showcase has a signature restaurant. Right. Except the American Pavilion. And yeah. we have bad french fries and cold hot dogs and hamburgers. It's, I think that's awful. It, it is. is. Have McDonald's in there. So well, we hope that uh, that answers your question about what we like and don't like at uh, at Disney restaurants. What else do we have in the way of listener email for this week? Yeah, Pam from Virginia Beach. She... um. She can't decide between Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach and wants to know what we think about both of them. Um, I personally, I, I'm partial. I used to work at Blizzard Beach, so I'm going to say Blizzard Beach. I'm putting both of these water parks side by side. Uh, Blizzard Beach has the uh, thrill rides, where Typhoon Lagoon has the, the wave pool and the, the shark reef. I, I, I was always asked... You know, when people are in the wave pool at Blizzard Beach, you know, when's the big wave coming? Well, you're at the wrong water park. It's, it's at, that's at Typhoon Lagoon. Blizzard Beach has the bobbing wave pool. So, but also Blizzard Beach, basically, they took every slide that Typhoon Lagoon had and doubled it and made it better. Uh, the Summit Plummet compared to, like, um, Humunga Kawabunga at Typhoon Lagoon. Summit Plummet, you go 60 miles an hour. It's a 120-foot tall slide. I mean, you're at the top of the slide. You're looking eye level with, um, with Tower of Terror. So I mean, it's That's a crazy. It's a it's a massive slide. So I mean, Humunga Kawabunga yeah. is three slides, and you go about thirty miles an hour. Yeah. So it's Blizzard has the thrill slides big time. Um, they have the longest uh, family raft ride. That in the is world. cool. That that one is cool. The family like raft ride. Yeah. Holds up to holds up to five people and. You know, you, you go on that one, and then you go to the one at Typhoon Lagoon. You're like, is it over? You, yeah, you blink, it's and you're over? like, it's over? Yeah. yeah, I agree. 
But I have to say that, I mean, I like both, and I do think I do like Blizzard Beach better, but Typhoon Lagoon is more my speed because I don't do Summit Plummet. Right. I, I've done it once in my whole it's life, and that's because I was made to as a lifeguard. You were required to go down that slide. I cried the whole way. I mean, it's just not something I like to do. Again, and we weren't there with a video camera. <laughs> I mean, I prefer all the slides at um, Typhoon Lagoon because they're not as tall, first of all. You don't go as fast. So I guess I'm a little bit of, you know... So I, always, cat. I always considered Typhoon. See, I, I, my preference is Typhoon Lagoon personally because I find it more intimate. I don't know. I just find it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go on. You know, I'm not going to be doing Summit Plumbing right. or any of that nonsense. I always find myself gravitating more towards uh, towards Typhoon Lagoon. Although when River Country was open, that was my favorite. Yeah. But I tend to like Typhoon Lagoon better. I find that Blizzard Beach has that sort of stark. It's all out in the sun. Yeah, you're right. And there are yeah. people who don't want to lay in the sun. You yeah. don't want to use the... And it attracts a lot of sun because everything is painted white. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I find the palm trees and the lush vegetation at yeah. Typhoon Lagoon more appealing. Right. The only thing I which, think that... Well, sorry. Which place has the little fried donuts? That would be Typhoon. Typhoon. Yeah, well, no, no, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blizzard has them also. The little mini donuts that they sprinkle the, the oh, cinnamon sugar on top. Oh. Yeah, that's really the only reason to go. <laughs> but at Typhoon, your um, Lazy River, or whatever they call it there, it's not as long as the one at Blizzard Beach, which I like because it goes around the whole park and you can stay on it forever. Yeah, it's a half a mile like. long. Yeah. The one and then at Typhoon, also, which one takes you through the ice water? That's Blizzard. Yeah. yeah. And then also the Shark snow. Reef. The shark reef is a major plus, I think, for Typhoon because, you know, you can go and swim with the sharks and the tropical fish. And it is a lot of fun. I did That's it for the first time last summer. That shark reef is so funny. I, when I, I used to lifeguard inside of that, and you, you can always tell when the kids see the shark. You know, they they got their head in the water. Look, they're looking down, and you can, you can hear them out there snorkels going, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I would just crack up. What do they do? <laughs> I am not repeating. And you can tell because they go under the water real fast. Yeah. You can tell he hangs out with Bob me a lot because of his, he's adding sound effects. <laughs> you hear the music. <laughs> but I think the theming at Blizzard Beach is better. I mean, they, there's a chairlift that brings you I up agree. to the top of the mountain. Yeah. I mean, there's just they play Christmas music. You know, yeah, I know. I agree. The theming, from a theming standpoint, Blizzard beats Typhoon hands down. Yeah. But I think you know the two the two water parks really do kind of fit. You know, depending on what it is you want. Right. If you're looking for thrill rides, and you're looking for more of that than than absolutely Blizzard certainly is 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 the better park. If you're looking for something a little slower paced, uh, with a little bit more shade, as Kevin pointed out, then Typhoon. Uh, Typhoon Lagoon, I think, is a better choice. So really, again, like anything yeah. else, it comes down to preference. And Typhoon's got the new ride, uh, Crusher and Gusher. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like a roller coaster. Uh, yeah. It's like a roller coaster water slide. It's that really, goes, yeah. it it goes uphill. Yeah, yeah, you're in, you're in a boat. Yeah, yeah it's really so cool. that's a new feature they added over the. It's a lot of fun. Typhoon. Corey and I rode it with my little sister, who's nine. Well, she was nine at the time, but and she, you know, she was I think in the middle of us, or she was in the very front. I can't remember how they do it by the weight, but afterwards she was like, "That was fun." But it was scary because you like literally come up off the slide, you know. Did you hear about Wet and Wild's new ride? Mm-mm. They're gonna they're gonna make you remember the the flusher or whatever it yeah. was, oh, the big yeah. thing, the, the toilet, big toilet. Bowl. The big toilet bowl. They're making another one of those, but it's a raft ride, 
and they're going to project onto the sides uh, videos, and they're going to play loud rock music as you go down. Mm. It's going to be really like interesting. Like a Space Mountain water yeah, version? Yeah, this is going to be more like a rock and roll Space What was mountain. the last one called? Disco H2O or something That's like that? That's the one you're talking about, the toilet bowl one. That's you Disco H2O. You looked like the little man in the tidy bowl boat. <laughs> the funniest thing was the commercial for that, because the lady went down head first yep. in that hole. Oh, my God. It was so funny. <laughs> Wet and Wild is going to take a beating when Aquatica opens up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Wet and Wild is going to have to shut down when yeah. Aquatica opens also, up. Also, Corey, does... Typhoon Lagoon have a specific area for small children? They do. They, they do. do. It's not as elaborate as Blizzard. Because Blizzard Beach, Blizzard I mean, Beach has Tykes you know, Peak, which is like a little mini, a little mini area for forty-eight inches and under. Yeah, um, it's just basically a, a scaled-down version of all the all the attractions. It's and great. They even have a specific place for for teens. Yeah. You know, all parents must be accompanied by a child. Um, it's called. Ski Patrol. Right. You know, where there's like little iceberg walks with a net and cool. there's a T-bar and yeah, stuff like that. I mean, that's... Then they also have the uh, the mini golf outside Blizzard Beach, too, oh, that yeah. you can do. The winter yeah. summer land. <laughs> that was a big sigh. Yeah. <laughs> I hate miniature golf. Oh, I love, I love winter summer land. I think that's, a, yeah, I think that's I probably think the best one. miniature golf course ever made. Yeah, it's better than the other one they have on property. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well... Good. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. Of course, as we mentioned before, if you have any questions for the roundtable, any comments on our show, you can send them to podcast at wdwinfo.com or write from our podcast main page at podcast.wdwinfo.com. And if we read your email or comment on the show, we will send you your very own Diz Unplugged T-shirt. So thanks very much, folks, for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show this week. We will be back with you next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. You all have a great week.